Jim, I know we've talked about it on Making Chips before. You've got a bunch of accreditations behind your company, but what about Zometry's accreditations? Yeah, as a matter of fact, you know, I've, I've been using them to manufacture some parts of mine, but man, they, they are... ISO 9001-2015. They're also AS9100 certified. They are ITAR registered. They have 2,500 plus U.S. manufacturing partners across this whole country. It's fantastic. Upload your CAD file to their online portal. Spits out a quote in a matter of seconds. And the ease of doing business with them is just profound. I, I can't get over it enough. And the fact that they are registered, I can submit my jobs that are ITAR registered to them and have the same compliance. So go to Zometry.com, X-O-M-E-T-R-Y.com. Hey, Metalworking Nation. This is Jason Zenger from Making Chips. Here is our live episode from the Akuma Summer Showcase, where we discuss the partners in Think. You and I have a podcast that we started several years ago where we talk about best practices in the absolutely, manufacturing industry absolutely. for the CEO and the I manufacturing leader. And we've actually had Jim King on the show before, and it was a great episode, and we learned a lot from him. Yeah, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. We have interviewed Jim before at IMTS. Um, and it, it is, it's really crazy how this all came about when Jason asked me about four and a half, five years ago to start this little hobby about sitting in Jason's furnace room in Zenger's uh, right by O'Hare Airport and the airplanes were flying above and we were recording uh, this crazy little hobby called Making Ships and we got a great response. And it's been uh, four and a half glorious years with this guy. So Yeah, so I mean, here we are today, and we've got so many great partners that you and I work with on a daily basis, Allied Machine, Lindax, Iskar. There's just a lot of familiar faces here at the, at the Think Developers Group, and we're really excited to kind of explore what they do. As we typically do on the show, t let's talk about manufacturing news. What's... What's new in the world of manufacturing that you want to talk about? Well, one, one of the things that I saw that was highlighted, so we're here in, in Charlotte, but back in our hometown of, of Chicago, we actually have friends at M-Hub Chicago, which is a, is a physical products development group. So they manufacture products, and they're looking for $15 million in investments in order to... 15? 15, 15, 15. 1.5. Yeah, it. yeah. A little more money than you and I have. And they're looking for that money in order to develop that group. So that's kind of exciting. Our friend Haven and Bill, you know, they're really doing a great thing for the manufacturing community. And we really hope that those people that start manufacturing that physical product, buy an Akuma, start manufacturing in the United States and develop those businesses. Yeah, things are good. Things are really good. Things are really, really good. What's keeping you awake at night, man? Well, I, we, always I, talk about, we always talk about this every week on the yeah. show about what's keeping us awake at night because we, manufacturing is challenging. We're constantly get waking up two, three in the morning. We can't sleep because we've got all these things about running a manufacturing company on our head. What, what's keeping you awake at night? 
what's keeping me awake other, last other than, night... Other than all those kids that you Right, had. what's keeping me awake last night was that I had 20 teenagers at my house, and we had to be at the airport at 3 a.m. in order to make it out here to Charlotte. So that, that was what's keeping me up at night yeah. this night. But in general, we talk a lot about data and artificial intelligence on making chips. We talk about the fact that manufacturing leaders out there need to get with the data program. They need to start exploring these as options for their business. And we're actually... We, we have a RFP out there where we're exploring how to use artificial intelligence in our business in order to automate and really do more with less people. So that's that's what's... It's not necessarily keeping me well, up at night, but it's, it's kind of a fun thing. It's keeping me up at night because I'm thinking about all the possibilities right. that we have in the future for that. And it really is all about automation, right? I mean, automation is where we're headed. As, as I walked around the floor today and Randy was taking me around, I mean, I see automation everywhere and it's crazy. So all the, the things that are keeping me Yeah, open, what about you, Jim? Is capacity. We're, we're, we're blowing the doors out right now, and we just, quite frankly, we don't have the capacity anymore. So I, I think a way to resolve capacity issues is to really elevate our automation, interject efficiencies into what we're doing. Yeah, it's, maybe, maybe you could replace a couple of those last old machines you have we, with the new Akuma. We've got a couple of old machines that we definitely want to look at getting rid of. Absolutely. For the audience out there that, that doesn't know Making Chips, why don't you tell them about the Boring Bar, how they get connected with us? This was one of Jason's um, brainchilds. We have a weekly newsletter that goes out to all of you that you need to all subscribe to, and we'll tell you how to do that in just a minute. But it's called the Boring Bar, and we believe that manufacturing to everybody outside of our industry is boring, right? Right. I mean, if you ever sit down and talk to somebody outside of our industry and you start talking about three and four axis and additive and subtractive and cutting tools, they're going to go silent right away. But the thing is, we know how to talk to each other. We know that manufacturing is certainly is not boring. So we branded a weekly newsletter where we have curated news articles and information to equip and inspire all of you. And... Not only is it to equip and inspire, but it's also to entertain you a little bit too, because that's what we do, right? You got it. So if you subscribe to the weekly newsletter called The Boring Bar, you'll get links to all the curated news articles and the weekly podcast for that week. How do you do that? So you, you just text CHIPS, C-H-I-P-S, to 38470. You're lucky I looked that up ahead of time, Jim. I, I, I'm I, actually, knew, you, I, I knew you forgot. I'm actually surprised you remember that, but yes. Take out your uh, smartphones and text the word CHIPS, C-H-I-P-S, to 38470. There's not going to be any charge for it, and you'll automatically be uh, subscribed to The Boring Bar, which is a weekly curated news. So how about we get this interview on the way? We'll I bring think up, so. We got some, we got some great so we guests. We got two guests, and I'm going to introduce the first one. Our first guest today is going to be Randy Jokers, and Randy is the Director of Technical Services with Hartwig. He has been with Hartwig for 30 years and joined the company in 1985 as a service engineer. He has also held roles as application engineer, applications manager for the St. Louis-based division. Randy is most recognized for his service and applications expertise and is a master in service and application and Randy is one of the founding members of the Think Development Group. Randy, thank you and welcome. No problem. Thanks for having me. So, so Randy, one of the things that Jim and I always talk about on the show is you've been in the industry for 30 years, but how did you get into this manufacturing industry? What's your story? Wow. Obviously, it started back in 1985. Got out of college and 
saw an opportunity at Hartwig, which is one of Okuma's distributors, as a service guy. I got into the service department and saw the manufacturing world out there. All these guys, some of them back then still turning cranks on the legs. Oh yeah, I was, for cranks. sure. Right, right, right. So, you know, I, I, I saw that and I was obviously involved in the CNC machining side. So it was great to go out and teach these guys after they bought a new machine how the CNC side worked. Well, I would leverage them, these old machinists, hey, I'll teach you how to make this machine do whatever you want if you teach me a little bit about machining. So they got me involved. Oh, in so you came into the industry not knowing anything about machining, but you knew about CNC. You knew about the programming language, the world that we, we that the machines talk in. So you, you kind of went in reverse. Instead of learning the fundamentals of machining first, you learned the CNC part first. Yeah, I knew the technical side pretty well awesome. when I came great... on board. Worked my way through, through the service department and into the applications engineering department. Again, still learning as I go. You never quit learning in this, in this industry. So that kind of parallels with what this Think, T-H-I-N-C, developers group is all about. Tell us about how the Think Partners, which there's a beautiful logo right there, tell us about how that was birthed. Tell us how it all came about. How many years has this been in, in force? Yeah, what is the Think Developers what, Group? What is the Think Developers <laughs> Group? Is it a bunch of guys walking around with baseball caps and right, right, writing right, things right. down or coding? <laughs> no, it, it got started, oh, probably... It, 11 years ago, shortly after the Think Control was developed. And the Think Control being PC-based and, and all the capability in the world, but no one was out there really making the, the two sides talk and, and helping the end user develop apps. So there was a group of like four or five guys that saw this and said, hey, we need to get a group together the Think Developers Group, to help our customers write their own apps, so, write apps. And so help. this is like if you know, you've got your iPhone or your Android phone, and it comes great out of the box, but sometimes you want it just to do more. Is it that same concept where you've got your... Customization. You know, you've got your Akuma machine, you've got your controls, and you just have a little bit something special that you want to do more? That's right, yeah. Is it, is it kind of like an ERP system within the machine tool? or I, I know what the group is... But as far as the software, the application side, is it more or less like an ERP system where it's leading us down the road? Not exactly. No, it's like okay. your phone, Jim. Okay. Yeah, it's like yeah, your phone. It, it's a machine tool control. It's that, a machine tool think, control, okay. Correct. And what the Think Developers Group is really focused on is the communications between the OSP side, the machine tool side, and the PC side. So there's a, there's a communication that goes on there over an API. So a lot of machine tool guys, they know how to make the machine tool do what it needs to do, but they don't really know the PC side. So the Think Developers Group is helping to grow that and actually write apps, teach people how to write apps that can make it do the different things they are after. So, so what would be a specific app project that you've worked on for an end user that came out of the Think Developers Group? Okay, yeah, no, that's a great, great question. We actually had a customer come to us, and you know, on a lathe, you're, a lot of times you have to do an op 10, and then you have to flip the part over, 
and do an op 20. Well, that's a lot of times separate operations in the program. Well, the customer comes to us and says, sometimes my operator gets distracted and he forgets to flip the part over. And he ruins the part. Yeah, not And not, it costs the company money. Not a good thing, right, right, yeah. It, so how does this mitigate that? So this, this app that our, these guys wrote in a matter of hours then looks at the chuck to see, hey, has the chuck been opened or not? Okay. To allow the second part of the program to run or not. It's, it's really a very simple app for these guys to do, but so valuable for the end user. So now if the operator gets distracted, he forgets to flip the part over, there's a big sign up there that says, hey, don't run until you flip the part over. Right, and you have to hit that button and say, yes, I did it, before you can proceed. And, and how does that help the CEO of that company, the manufacturing leader, in order to meet their goals in the company? It obviously keeps the operator in line a little bit better. Keeps, keeps him a little more accountable. Yeah, little reminder pops up, hey, it's time to flip over the part. It's going to keep him focused, make better parts, not bump the machine, not cause scrap parts, and ultimately in the end run, make more money for the, for the owner. So we brought an idea to the group that a customer, again, brought to us, said, hey, I want something on the Okuma side, because I, know, I know how to write a program on the Okuma side, and I know how to talk to the common variables. Get those common variables to talk to something on the Windows side to allow me to start something running with the part program. And the example was a PowerPoint. The setup guy that was setting the machine up, he was taking pictures, making notes as he set the machine up, and then he put that in a PowerPoint, set up the part program to automatically make that PowerPoint start running when the operator took the barcode scanner, scanned the traveler, it selected the program, started the PowerPoint running, and said, okay, Mr. Operator, here's how you set this machine up. Put the vise right here in this spot on the table, these tools, this program, hit go. So it, it takes the normal capabilities of the controls and helps expand it, visualize, I'm, you know, you get to visualize more than what you normally would with a standard control. Right, talking to external things. Like, right. external to the control was the PowerPoint. That's just an executable. It can also talk to these gauges that are out here. A wireless gauge or a wired gauge even. So the operator takes the part out of the machine, takes it over to the gauge stand, gauges it, and then the gauge talks to the machine. So, Randy, how does a customer become a part of the Think Developers Group, this uh, exclusive group of developers? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's very simple. One way is to Give go... Give them your credit card, right? Right, right, right. No, no, it is, it's free. There's no charge. It's easier than that, right? <laughs> right, it, a couple ways, multiple ways. One way is to go to our website. Okay. That website what is, is www.osp-pedia.com. osp Pedia, P-E-D-I-A. That's a mouthful. You might have to you know, make sense of that in the future. <laughs> Randy, thank you for your service to manufacturing. We appreciate you coming on as a yeah. guest of Making Chips. 
So, Jim, we talked about how Zengers is upgrading their ERP system so we can offer that online experience for our clients. But when you told me that you actually use your ERP system pro shop in discussions with your clients, I was like, really? A machine shop utilizing their ERP system with perspectives and their clients? Tell me about that. Well, it's kind of unique, but what we're doing now when we're doing a lot of prospecting with new OEMs to do business with, we get them on a video chat and we share our screen and we let the ProShop ERP system be part of the sales feature. I take them through the entire estimating process. I show them how the throughput of the work comes in as an estimate and all the way out to when we finish and ship the job. Every single operation is itemized within the ERP system. There's times involved for setup, minutes run per part, checking the part, So you think it's it's just a higher level of professionalism that most machine shops aren't doing? Bingo. And the thing is, too, it's cutting out all the nonsense, and it's just, it's making everything black and white. And you know what? At the end of the day, Jason, the numbers don't lie. So if you can show somebody the numbers... They're going to believe you. So go to Pro Shop ERP. Talk to our good friend Paul Van Meter there. He'll be happy to hook you up with some kind of demonstration. So I'm not just telling. Tell them making chips sent you. Pro Shop ERP. I'd like to welcome to the stage our next guest. His name is Brad Clipstein. Brad is the supervisor of the product specialist group and controls product specialist at Okuma America Corporation. He joined Okuma in 2014, but has close to 10 years of industry experience, mainly focused around OSP and FANUC control systems. Brad is responsible for teaching customers the benefits and functionality of Okuma controls while fostering new technological enhancements. He holds a BS in electrical engineering from the University of Toledo. Welcome, Brad. Jim, yeah. Jason, thanks so much yeah. for having so, me. Thanks for coming in today, guys. Happy to be here. Yeah. I know we just read, I just read your bio off. Tell the metalworking nation, the people that are out there across America that are going to be hearing this show for the first time about you. How did you get your start in manufacturing? Because Jason and I say often, people just do not understand our industry. They're oblivious to it. And, you know, quite frankly, there's a big skills gap going on in America right now in this industry. So you're a relatively young guy. What drove relatively. you? Relatively. Well, you, I mean, compared to me, you are. But what drove you to this industry? What did you like about it? What attracted you to this industry? Absolutely. I was fresh out of college looking for a job. And With this I, engineering degree. Engineering degree. What am I going to do? What are you going to do? A million opportunities. My background was kind of in programming, in electronics. Electrical engineering is, is pretty involved. So I'm out looking for a job, and I found a job with a machine tool company at a machine fair, right? And the way they kind of spun it to me, or the way they really attracted me, was the way they talked about the kind of work that I would be doing. I wouldn't be necessarily running a CNC, but they said, do you want to program robots? Oh, that, and was, I the, was, like, that was the magic word. What? That was that the light sounds- bulb. Awesome. Absolutely, I want to do that. Tell me a little bit more about what you guys do and what kind of robots I would be programming because that just sounds really fun. Right? Sounds so cool. That hooked me it right sounds off cool. the bat. So, well, I remember 
I think it was about six years ago, maybe seven years ago, I took my daughter to IMTS. She was probably six at the time. And robots are fun. You know what I mean? You Absolutely. watch movies and Star Wars, robots. I mean, that's what gets people hooked into our industry. And I think we should promote that. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And that's the way that I like to talk about what we do here. We're not just running CNCs. We're programming robots. We're on the leading edge of technology. I heard you talking to Randy about all these new innovations, the laser metal deposition technologies, laser additive, oh, that was, subtractive. That was so cool. That was so cool. You know what? And we're at the forefront of all of these technologies. So it's so interesting to see some of these new applications and approaches that guys here at Okuma come up with every day. You, you need to come up with a robot so I can replace Jim with a robot. No can problem. Soon Work enough. Thank you. Right, thank you. <laughs> I need to retire so, in a couple years. <laughs> so we, we've talked with Randy about the Think Developers Group quite a bit and, yep. and got the background on that. So tell us from your perspective, how has the Think Developers Group specifically guided the development of the controls in the Akuma? Oh, absolutely. So the Think Developers Group helps lead any of these developments, some of which you've already talked about. You talked about some of these apps. Right, And that's really what the Think Developers Group is responsible for doing, now, is coming me, up with these new ideas. This is all new to me, so I just want to make it clear. It's not an app on a phone. You're, I'm not going to the Google Play Store and I'm not downloading an app. It's an app that is integrated into the Okuma control, right? Actually, you can go to our app store okay. at myokuma.com, right. download these for free, okay. and they will operate on your machine tool, Okay, on gotcha. your Okuma machine tool. Right, because... Windows is inside of the Okuma CNC. It is completely right? integrated with Windows, which right. allows us to do that. So we have this layer in between the NC side, the G-code side, right. and then the Windows side, the graphical side, what you can touch, what you can feel, what you see on the screen. This layer in between that is called our application program interface. API. That's where we play the Think Developers Group. That's the realm that we play in. That's, that's the sandbox where that's everyone's That's the sandbox, at. absolutely. Yeah. So that's how we can communicate all of these data points, all these commands that you want to do from the screen to the machine tool through this layer. Cool. So, so it's, you, you and turn, it's that integration. You turn it into your vision, into the ones and zeros that oh, you need it's so to cool. run the machine. Absolutely, absolutely. Come up with an idea, as Randy had talked about. He's the software guy, too. I'm the can software guy, yeah. right? So it's nice because we do have this open sandbox, right? You talked about it. We have the ability to create these custom applications that we had no idea were even available or that we could fathom were capable because it is completely open to all these new ideas, right? I think the, the big thing with the Think Developers Group is that we bring in customers, we bring in our partners, our vendors, obviously Okuma personnel, all these great minds come together and discuss better ways to help our customers be productive oh, a customer came to me with this idea. Let's try to run with that. How could we create that nice interface that allows them to do what they want to do easily? Randy, we talk a lot about acronyms, and quite frankly, I get a little confused with all Me too. We, we just talk about API. Yeah. What OSP, we, we've talked a little bit about yep. OSP. Can you tell us a little bit about what that acronym means and, and just dive into it a little bit? Yeah, yeah how, no what, problem. What it's all about. Good question. So OSP stands for Okuma Sampling Path. And what does it mean? It means we have the ability to access, to read, to write, to tens of thousands of different data points in the control. That gives you the ability to sample that information, read, write to it, and make 
that machine tool operate the way that you told it to on that HMI or on that screen. I got another acronym, OEE. What is OEE? That's a good one. Overall Equipment Efficiency. Okay. And, yeah, and, I and, need a little bit of that in my shop. Oh, doesn't everybody? <laughs> we, I'm telling you. And, and how does Think impact OEE? I think we've created quite a few different interfaces. We're, we're constantly trying to make the information that our customers feel is relevant more accessible to them in offline scenarios. So through our control, like I said, we've got tens of thousands of these data points that are available for you to read. What do you really care about? The ability to customize all of that information, group it together in a way that makes sense to you and me so that you can make business decisions based on that data, that's key right there. And speaking of data, let's talk a little bit about MT Connect because MT Connect is all about harvesting data from the CNC, interpreting that data, and making the OEE run even better, right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, so tell us a little bit about how Okuma Machine Tools take data through MT Connect, harvest that information, and how we, we all learn from that. Absolutely. What's great about the Okuma control is we already have that capability available for you when the machine hits the floor. We've got this MT Connect, Jim, that you mentioned, already available on new machines. So that's your interface for all of this data. You don't have to know what information I, I want to like pull. An, is it like an Ethernet cable or is it? Or, uh, you'd plug the machine in okay, with an Ethernet, an Ethernet cable. cable. Yeah, okay. you'd network the machine. Okay. Good, good question. But this is the adapter on the back end. Okay, so an adapter, okay. Yeah, it's the adapter and that's basically allowing you to take all of that information and pull it via this data stream to your computer, to your smart device, so that you could see spindle uptime, tool life, what program I ran, how long I ran it, what machine maintenance was required, what buttons the operator was hitting. Uh-oh, watch out. Wow. Well, that's pretty comprehensive. That's a lot, right? Yeah, wow. But, and there's, there's no additional fees for that MT Connect. It's totally built into the price of the machine. Is that? Yeah, so MT Connect is a royalty-free open source software. It's That's nothing right. that Okuma came up with, although we did help. We were on the panel with other machine tool builders, with other vendors, to help create that database, if you will. Here's tags of information that are available from all these different devices. What MT Connect does is it takes whatever device, whatever machine tool you have, and it puts it into a common thread. So once you have that common thread, now I've got a ton of offline capabilities because it's all fed through that single thread. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but. It's a little overwhelming for, for me to think. My question, Brad, is once we extract this data, yeah. how do we interpret it? Ooh, that's is that, the million dollar question. Is that it? the million dollar question? Oh boy. Because that's what I'm thinking. As a machine shop owner, I mean, I can just imagine you just went through about five to ten bullet points about the types of information that we're extracting from the machine sure. tool. Spindle time, uptime, downtime, tool wear, the health of the machine tool. So how do we take that data? How do we read it? So you'd need some type of interface on your computer, on your smart di device, some type of dashboard. 
Okay. Right? Oh, it's a dashboard based. Dashboard okay. based. Okay. So we can view it in a ton of different ways. There's, there's a lot of these dashboards. Our partners that are here today at our summer showcase can show you some of the dashboards that are available to you. But you're right. You have to be able to view that in some type of format that makes sense to you and me. So once we have that in some type of dashboard environment, now you're able to take the next step and make decisions based on what it's telling you. So let me give you a quick example. Yeah, I'd like to know. Yeah. Let's say you're using this MT Connect that we continue to talk about to monitor a few machines, let's say three to five machines throughout the course of the day. Now I've taken a job or somebody's work out of the equation of going around to all these machines and figuring out how they ran throughout the course of the day. Somebody doesn't have to take a pad and a paper, walk around to the machine and say, okay, this one ran for six hours, this one ran for two. Oh, I used and expired three of my tools for today, so we'll have to change these out tomorrow. By the way, here's the PMs. Here's a dirty filter that we'll need to replace probably That's next huge. week, but I'm not sure. Right. But I'll write it down anyway. Take that out of the equation, that tedious effort that needs to be taken every day, and have that automated with this system that's already in place for you. So is it much like our Google Calendar? Is it, does it set a reminder that we need to change out that filter on our coolant tank? Absolutely. And that, it, that'd be the that next simple? step. Yeah, that'd be the next step, absolutely. So I can pull that information and I can set those type of reminders in a condition-based system. So really what we're doing is we're moving from a reactive environment, right? right? Totally. Reactive to planned. Maybe I'm doing this every day. Right. The next step is what we're talking about, moving to a condition-based system. We're creating logic. We're creating systems that are in place to help automate this, just with the resources, remember, that we already have. I haven't sold you anything yet, have I? Right. So going back to the controls, which is what the Think Developers Group primarily works with, what does the future of the controls of a machine tool look like? I think it's going to be more intuitive, more interactive. There is a ton, a ton of capability that we have with our control systems. What can we anticipate in like one to three years? Where do you see that really? Because there's got to be one area that's really strong that you guys are really killing it on. Oh, yes. I would say the setup process. The, the time it takes to set up your material, set up your tooling. We need to continue to make that a more automated, more easy process for operators and for setup guys on the floor. Can you Sorry. give us a hint? Like, what exactly does that look like? How can you speed that up? Well, we're using probing systems. Probing we're using systems. quick change tools. So work holding is a big part of that, too. Work and I'm, I'm sure there's, there's plenty of partners here that are helping you and collaborating with you on that process. And Jim, do you know how they do that? No, tell me. They do that with our API okay. through our control. So if they come up with a good idea that makes that setup process a little more graphical, easier to do. They come to us with that idea and say, hey, let's throw that on the control. Oh, beautiful. Because now I don't have a, a paper with my process sheet. I want that interactive. I want, it, I want the machine to tell the operator what to do and when to do it. Just to keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it simple, absolutely. What, what do you see the machine tool being able to do in the future that it can't do today? I think we talked a little bit about the laser metal deposition process, the laser additive and subtractive in a hybrid environment. I see that as kind of a growing trend so like in, in our in, industry. In a, in a real well. application, what, what does that look like? Picture a, a dye mold shop. 
Picture a what? Die mold. Oh, okay. Die and mold shop with a damaged die. What are your options with trying to repair that thing? Probably pretty limited. You'd have right. to basically remachine another piece from scratch. But with our laser metal deposition process, we can actually repair it. It's really cool. Build the material up and machine it and again. And then machine it right off again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get it right back to new. And actually, Jason, you can see that in our demo here. I just went back there. It's really cool. Yeah, we're basically taking a hunk of material out of a little block and then putting it back on our laser metal deposition machine back there, our MU8000, building it up and machining it off again. Back so, to spec. Brad, we asked Randy about a success story because people love to hear success stories yeah. about the Think Developers Group. Can you think back about all the years that you've been involved in it and can you think of a specific success story that you saw in your own eyes that a light bulb went off in your head and said, wow, I can't believe that we helped assist this shop do something so profound and Great. saved them time, money, and effort? Great question, Jim. Yeah, I, I think I can. This was probably about, I would say, six or eight years ago. Wow. So we've got... Uh, and the technology has gone leaps and bounds oh, it has. already. Absolutely. So this is six to eight years ago when you ago. actually saw it firsthand. Yeah, we've had this control for about 15 years. The capabilities that we've got today are just continuing to build on what platform we've already got. The example I'll give you is the ability to lock out different functions on the machine. While I tell you about all of these cool things we can do with it, you have to be able to lock some people out of those features mean and not functions. not open the door or override the spindle or... Make tool length offsets, set oh. work offsets, change parameters that they probably shouldn't be changing on the machine. So what you saw six to eight years ago that was profound and that was birthed out of the Think Developers Group was the fact that you could lock people out from overriding that, those types of things. Lock them out, give them a password. Now the control gives you access, you as the operator, access to things that your administrator or the shop floor supervisor has granted you access to. Got it. So you can't even access the machine parameter page because you don't have the access provided by your administrator. And, and how have you seen that change the processes in a shop and help, help them to save money? Well, scrap rates first, right? Less machine crashes, I'm anticipating. Okay. Probably more efficient workflow across the shop floor because people are only given access to the things that they can change or sh should change. So now I'm giving access to my more experienced or more supervised guys that should have access to that, which means everybody else shouldn't really be given that access and less potential for accidents to happen. Exactly. Well, thank you. Appreciate Thanks, guys. you coming on, Thanks. on stage with us. Pleasure coming up on stage with us. Pleasure to, to finally meet you. We've yeah. talked quite a bit over the last Absolutely. couple of weeks. I'm confident that our discussion today equipped and inspired a manufacturing leader out there somewhere. Yeah, and thanks to Akuma for having us. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you, everybody. Metalworking Nation, listen up. Manufacturing is challenging. You need to think differently. The day-to-day -day whirlwind of urgencies, the pressure to grow, customer demands, workforce development, new machine tools and robots, the list goes on and on. It is possible to stay ahead of the game of manufacturing, but you can't do it alone. We're here to give you access to exclusive content from other leaders, as well as videos, 
blogs, show notes, and more resources designed to equip and inspire you on making chips. 